Welcome as we continue our daily Bible reading in this time of Lent uh, on this Thursday morning as we are continuing the uh, prophet Jeremiah. We're in Jeremiah chapter 33 for today. Um, I hope you're enjoying this week as, as we're reading this good news, this um, uh, this good news that God has promised. And and as I want you to see as you look at this, it's it's good news in the midst of other bad news that's going on. Um, it's it's light in the midst of the darkness that's around. It's the it's the hope in the midst of the grief that we we suffer through. Um, it's the uh, the peace that we have in the midst of the disorder that we live in in the world. Uh, but one of those is going to win, and we know what's going to win. We know God is going to win in the end. Um, but there's going to be turmoil along the way. If you look at chapter 33, uh, we're reminded again that Jeremiah is still in prison. Now, why is he in prison? Because, go back to chapter 32, at the beginning of the chapter, the king of, of Judah is tired of hearing what Jeremiah is tell, telling them because he's warning them about what they're doing and what's going to happen. And rather than heed his warning, he puts him in prison. So here's, here's God's spokesman doing what he's supposed to do being faithful to God, he's getting put in prison. Um, that should remind you a little bit if you're reading in Acts or in the New Testament, uh, happened to Peter and to Paul quite often. Uh, it happens to uh, to Jesus, he's rejected. Yet for those who accept him, for those who believe in him, he's salvation for them. Uh, and we ought to hear the same kind of message too. Um, so it's not like this is, um, you know, good news in the midst of other great news that's going on in the world. Um, no, there's going to be struggles. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Yet the blessed life is one where we have these these incredible future uh, blessings that, that come down the road and even blessings amidst the, the, the struggles that we go through. So here in chapter 33, God again says, I'm going to restore my people. I'm going to restore them. Now, right now, they are not restored. Restored. They're in the midst of the, of the battle that's going on as they're being taken captive. The city is being destroyed. You read about all that in the first number of verses in chapter 33. Yet God, remember, this is springtime. This is Lent. And, and springtime uh, tells us that there's hope, that, that warmth is coming, that new life is coming. I'm looking out at the trees right now outside my office and there are no leaves at all on those trees. But yet I know what's going to happen in springtime. So we ought to have that same kind of hope and assurance too, um, that while things look dead around us, uh, that life is coming. Uh, that's the, the hope that God gives to us. So um, as you read through that, just a couple of points about uh, about what's coming up there. Um, God says to them, um, for I've hidden my face in verse five, for I've hidden my face from this city because of all their evil. So don't forget about that. This is God, this is God punishing them uh, for the evil that they've done. God continues to do that with, with us too. But he says, behold, and remember, again, in the Old Testament, you see that word behold, man, that's that's Jesus saying, you've got ears to hear, hear, uh, look up, uh, you're looking down, uh, look to where your hope is at, get focused back on God. So God says, behold, I will bring uh, to it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. So what, what great news, again, springtime kind of news that's there. Um, but look at verse 10, and I love the way the prophets do this. I, or Jeremiah is really um, uh, does this quite often where he says, this is what the people are saying, um, you know, uh, that... Um, 
You hear it said, um, it is, verse 10, it is a waste without man or beast in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. So what they're seeing outside, and this is a great picture for us, what oftentimes we see with our eyes is not reality or is not the truth that we know by faith. We say, we, we believe, we hold on to uh, uh, things by faith, not by sight. Don't let your eyes trick you of, of the truth of, of the gospel and what Christ Jesus is, is doing in our world. And then um, uh, he goes on then to make a wonderful messianic promise. So go over to verse 14. And here are promises of God sending a Savior, a Messiah, uh, the Christ. Where he says, Behold, the days are coming. So there's another behold there, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Uh, and that promise is that one day he would send a Messiah. So in those days... At that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David. So branch means, think of family tree. It means new life. It means new growth, something new coming in. Jesus is that righteous branch that comes from the line of David. Remember, Joseph and Mary go to go to Bethlehem to the, to the house of David because they belong to that, to that tribe. Jesus comes from there. Um, and then uh, uh, he's going to be that righteous branch, that, uh, that, that new life that we have and, and that only comes through him. And who is he? He is. Uh, and, and what's the basis of that going to be? The Lord is our righteousness, he says in verse 16. Um, in other words, we're not our righteousness. We don't make ourselves right. We can't make ourselves right. We, can, uh, we cannot uh, make this better on our own. The only way that we can be made right with God is through the Lord. And then he goes on to tell us more about uh, who this Messiah is going to be. He says, David, for, for thus says the Lord, verse 17, David shall never lack a man, is an interesting, a man, Jesus is the man, uh, even Pilate said that, and, and the Levite priest shall never lack a man again. So there's a man again telling us that, that that Messiah, like we learned about in Genesis 3, you know, there'll be one who will come from the line of Eve um, who will crush the head of Satan. He, he a man, will do that. Um, so you've got fulfillment of that promise too. And, and Jesus will be both. He will be the man um, who, who reigns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will also be that priest who intercedes before God for us. Jesus is that perfect. Those of you who studied your catechism uh, way back when, uh, prophet, priest, and king, he is all of those um, for us. He pleads our case before God. He is that counselor before God for us. And then, um, and then in the rest of the chapter, he does a couple of great if-then statements, conditional statements. If this is true, then this will be true. Um, so look, look at those in verse 19. If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night. In other words, if you can stop the day being the day and the night being the night, if you can show at any time that's been any different than it was from the beginning of time, well, then my covenant can be broken. And so the opposite is true, too. You can't change day and night just as sure as day is day and night is night God's covenant is going to be God's going to be faithful to his covenant and again it reiterates that uh, with uh, uh, someone who will reign on David's throne and a priest who will be there forever and then he does another if then uh, in uh, verse 25 and 26 he says if I have not established my covenant with the day and night and fix the order of, of heaven and earth uh, fix the order of the of the of the heavens and 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 of day and night which God has established he says I 
Then I will reject the offspring of Jacob and David, my servant. And of course, God, nothing does change that. The day is the day, the night is the night. Just as sure as that is uh, as that is true, you and I can be sure of the promises of God. And what are they? Look at the end. For I will restore their fortunes, and I will have mercy on them. Isn't that something? And that's what he does. And where are those fortunes restored, and where is that mercy fully seen? It's in heaven, which God, which Jesus says, I'm going to prepare that place for you so you can bank on that. Now, the interesting thing of all of this is this is during the time in Israel of the last king before they're taken into captivity, and there are no more kings who are going to rule in Israel, except you and I just learned here, there will be a king, the king, who will rule over all people forever and ever, and that, my friends, is Jesus Christ. And we're in the Old Testament. Isn't that awesome? God's promises there fulfilled in Jesus Christ, uh, whose ministry, uh, whose way we're following now in the time of Lent, his way to the cross. Why is he going to the cross? He's going there to defeat Satan and death for you and me. Easter mornings are coming, and life is ours. God bless you as you read.